Okay, we're recording here, and we're recording there. What this about over is there? a new exciting thing. Not over, over there. Here? What about there? How about over there? How about uh, how about on the vacuum cleaner? Is that recording? Is the toaster recording? Uh, is the fridge is the ice maker recording? Is your fr- refrigerator running? <laughs> you better go catch it. <laughs> That's good banter. Here we go. Well, hello everybody. Listen, he's laughing. What is the purpose of laughing? The purpose? I guess it makes you feel happy. You should try it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the navigator. Ooh, look who knows so much, huh? <laughs> hey, Angie and Jeff, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? That's you. That's you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me what it is. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. Hi! Hi! I talked over the it's fun. Damn it. God bless it in heaven. I know I already played that, but I can't get enough of <laughs> Michael Scott outtakes to intro to the show. <laughs> Welcome to episode 41 of Cruel to Rewind, the world's greatest underground Chicago-based movie podcast. We take turns showing each other favorite movies for the first time and possibly the last. Will today's movie be cool or cruel to rewind? You'll have to keep listening to find out. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi. It is me, Angie. Queen Bees yes. in the house. Yes, hi, hello. Yes, hi, hello. <laughs> it's so great to be with you. We're back on our regular scheduled, I don't know. It's episode 41. Movie pickums. Movie pickums. <laughs> you pickums. No theme this month, just I pick movie, you pick movie, we pick movie, they yeah. pick movie. We're back to the original conceit of the program is what I was trying to say. Yeah. But early onset dementia is real. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Man, there's so much to talk about, so much to catch up on. Yeah. Um, It is Mother's Day as we're recording. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. We just had long chats with our mothers. Yes, we did. Uh, And it was a treat. Uh, a funny story. I got my hair cut yesterday uh-huh. and the woman checking out asked if I was a mom because they had roses. I think they were giving out a single rose to moms. Aww. She's like, are you a mom? I'm like, no. She's like, well, at least are you a pet mom? And I was like, nope. Fuck no. <laughs> I was like, I keep I keep some nice plants alive. So she had a good laugh and then she kind of felt bad for just like asking and assuming. I'm like, oh, it's really okay. People, I, I made I made her feel okay when I was just like, no, I, I don't need a rose. It's okay. You can save them for actual moms. Yeah. Pet moms, for the record, do not count. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm sorry if we alienate some of our listeners, but you don't count. Okay. What? Whoa, whoa. You can have pets, but you're not. I, I, it, it freaks me out when you when they're called fur babies or yes. the mom situation. I, I, I don't quite understand it, but I understand having pets and why people have pets. But I don't know. It surprises me. Me too. It surprises me too that someone would call themselves a fur baby. <laughs> yeah. Or don't care for it. No, sir. I didn't like it. I hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day and you gave them flowers and all the love in the world. Hello. Corbin, sweetheart. You got broken fingers, you can't punch my number? Hi, Mom. 17 messages. And don't tell me your machine is broken again. Those things are good for 1,000 years. Sorry, kid. Your mom's a psycho, didn't you know? So Rolling Stone just dropped a list of the 100 greatest sitcoms of all time. Yeah. And, you know, it's I often roll my eyes at a lot of what comes out of Rolling Stone. Really? Why? Um, just to give you an example... Bruce Springsteen farts into a wet paper bag <laughs> and captures the audio on reel-to-reel tape. Rolling Stone will give it five stars. <laughs> uh, but I did like this list. I don't know. They, they're just... <laughs> your this is your I found a lot to agree on uh, with this list. It was fun running through it to see what made it. Go. Most of our favorites are there. Yeah. New girls on there. That sounds like it could be right. Yeah. There's a That's couple great. of shows. Yes. There's a couple of shows where when these types of lists come out, I always think, no, it's not going to be on here. I just know it because it doesn't show up in, in some in some of those ways. Yeah. But there were some real big wins like Parks and Rec being pretty high up. Actually, yep. very high up. Very. Number nine. Number nine. Everybody pants now. Pants. Pants, 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 pants. Seinfeld is not number one, which I agree with, and I, I think Friends is is reasonably ranked in the what the low the high thirties. It's number thirty eight or something. Yeah, I I would have liked it maybe to be in the top twenty personally, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's not number one. I know that. Yeah, yeah. The, the the reason I watch Friends is because it is a product of its time, and I like sort of numbing out and going back to that time yeah. of the nineties. I know it's it's not necessarily innovative, but you know, Living Single is which is also on the list, wrote the blueprint for friends. Living Single should probably be higher on the list. Now, Veep also should be higher on that list, I believe. Yes. I thought that Veep was, should be in the top twenty. That was sixties or something. It was pretty so. low. Yeah. That is one of the uh, well written, smartest. Mm-hmm. Funniest shows, in my opinion. I mean, people lose their shit over Arrested Development and how smart and carefully crafted it is. That's but what, what about Veep, yeah. man? It's 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 cruel in a way that is irresistible. Right. It's just so mean spirited, <laughs> yeah. and you love it, and it's cathartic yeah. and therapeutic to watch. Now, there are some huge missing entries. Tell me, what's missing? If you're going to have Big Bang Theory and Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> on the fucking list. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hate that show. It's it, it's garbage. Both of those shows are garbage. How do you not have home improvement? Now. Again, not innovative. Yeah. It was the Mike and Molly of its time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why 
I I definitely was not expecting it to be on. Oh, you weren't? Okay. No, okay. Top 100, it, no, like Family Matters, Home Improvement, Full House. Like they're all Formulaic. sitcoms that I watched all the time and love, but they don't deserve to be on these top, these lists with all these other shows. I, oh, no. I think Home Improvement didn't need to be on this list. I'm okay with it. Interesting. Okay. But that doesn't mean I don't love it. Right. But okay. I don't think it deserved to be on this list. Okay. I just thought it was so popular and would grapple with Seinfeld and Friends and Roseanne for mm. the top spot. And mm-hmm. it was the top watched program in America for, I think, three years. Patricia mm. Richardson racked up some Emmy nominations that I think were well-deserved. But was, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Was um, How I Met Your Mother on there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, ugh. yeah, that and Big Bang Theory, ugh. They're always they're going to be on these lists. Simpsons is number one, undisputed champ. Yeah, I love Lucy number four, which makes my heart happy. Checks out to me because that yeah, that's I swear to God, it will still make you laugh to this day. It's not like Three Stooges where you're like, what? Why the fuck was this ever funny? Yeah, please no disparaging remarks. Shall we go down the top ten just for fun? Yeah, see if people's blood pressure shoots up when we read this. Number ten, the Larry Sanders Show. Nice, wonderful. Number nine, Parks and Rec. Not even close. That, um, I can see a lot of people disagreeing with that, mm-hmm. it being so high, but um, just yeah. just go back and watch the whole I thing. I know. For something, <laughs> It'll make you happy. <laughs> it was created because our appetite for The Office was insatiable, so they created another like sister program, and it superseded The Office, The American Office. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Number eight, The Honeymooners. Number seven, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Number six, MASH. Yeah. Like, even I remember watching MASH. That, that was good. My dad loved MASH. Yeah. All in the Family. My dad would watch this on reruns, <laughs> on repeat. And I remember, I mean, that that theme, the theme song, the opening theme is indelible. Number four, I Love Lucy. Yay, yay. Oh, go away, fresh. Number three, Seinfeld. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Lots of people. What's the deal with Gogurt? Where's yogurt got to go? Number two, Cheers, Mm -hmm. which I think is a solid choice. By the way, the first sitcom where the story unfolded over multiple episodes. Each episode was not self-contained. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's really neat. Number one, Simpsons. Yeah. Got to be. I know, but I don't like it. Other things I was surprised not to see were Married with Children. Oh, yes. Beavis and Butthead, that's probably not considered a sitcom, but you'd expect it on there if King of the Hills on there. <laughs> um, and Martin. Oh, Martin. Martin was hilarious. Yeah. And a smash hit. I'm just I saying. I didn't watch it a whole lot, but I know you've been a, a real big fan. For some reason, I was always tuning into uh, Living Single and Martin. Mm-hmm. They were back to back, I think. What's that? Nothing. Gina, don't tell me nothing. I know that smash. It's nothing, Martin. It's just your mama's raisin butter biscuits. That's all it is. Not my mama biscuits. Not my mama biscuits, Gina. Last weekend, I had an amazing time because I wore C2R merch every day out in the wild, and it felt great. Uh, the It's Fun shirt. I got so many looks from people because they could see that I was having more fun 
than they were, and they wondered why, and then they saw the shirt, and they thought, I gotta find out where that's from. And I even, I got two compliments on the hamburger in my bed shirt, because these these people at the donut shop we were in just, I don't know, they just assumed it meant something else. They were yeah. Like, that's a great idea. There should be hamburgers in our beds. <laughs> Like a mini fridge full of hamburgers. I'm like, yeah, totally. No. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, she started complimenting it. And I, yeah, I think it was just like, what am I looking at? But I like it. So she was trying to chat you up about it. And it was just the funniest conversation because it didn't quite make sense. Like, I think she had an idea of what it was in her head. And then you're trying to like. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird inside joke from a podcast. From a podcast. I was way too humble. I should have said (laughs) it's an inside joke from our podcast. But But it was really fun, and that's the reaction that you hope for. It's like, yeah, I I don't know what this means, but I like it for Mm -hmm. some reason. I mean, it's a great design. Well, obviously. From our art director, Queen Bees. Yes. Um, But it just, I felt amazing, and I hope you do too out there wearing our merch. Somebody put us hamburger in my bed that's cool i added a tank top for the it's fun design so it's like a razor back tank top for the ladies Mm -hmm. um it looks amazing it looks great it's in like this dark heathery gray so it's like the super soft Mm t-shirt and also we did switch up the style of the t-shirt for the hamburger shirt so we went with the like the heathery super light tri-blend situation that our other shirts are in um, the hamburger shirt is still a very nice shirt. It's, it is soft. It's just more structured mm-hmm. and it's like pure black, mm-hmm. but this one's like a dark, dark charcoal gray. It's just, yeah. I think for summer, it's like that lighter material. It's softer. Yeah. It's just nice. So if you already ha- have one, I hope you still like it, but we switched it up the material. Yeah. And it's more affordable too now. As oh, well. that too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like $7 cheaper or something. I don't know why that other one was so expensive. Yeah. It was, it was just this, this ultra tailored designer yeah. t-shirt feel and we made it more casual so yeah. hope you like it the color's wrong the collar's wrong the material's a nightmare from hell it's just folks it's good clean fun it's fun what else have we been watching uh we checked out michael Che's hbo max show which is getting very mixed reviews from critics apparently especially one named lorraine, lorraine. <laughs> at the los angeles times is that Ooh, the los angeles times I, yeah yeah, yeah. i like it I like it. (laughs) I like it. It's brilliant. I love Michael Che. We love Michael Che. I love his perpetual middle finger raised (laughs) at anyone and everything. Yeah. I wish they would have let him call it that black ass Michael Che. That was his first idea for a title. The title is the official title is that damn Michael Che, which is pretty funny already. Yeah. But that black ass Michael Che is just (laughs) it's just a fuck you to everyone. I love it. Um. Chris Stefano, comedian Chris Stefano, plays a cop. A in New the York first cop. Episode of New York. <laughs> the first episode, <laughs> and it's it fits so amazing. well. It's really funny. And look, if we ask you where you're going, just tell us the truth. Don't say you're going to bang my wife. It's 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 fun. I I am enjoying. We've only watched there's six episodes. I think we've gotten through three. But check it out for yourself. I was a little dismissive at first. I was like, this feels like Chappelle's show. But then you keep watching. And there is sort of a stream of consciousness, almost Monty Python esque. There's a there is a, a through line through the whole show. There is a there is a line of logic 
there's there's like a, a plot or a, yeah. a theme or there's something that unites all the sketches. There's and like four or five sketches in each. And then Michael Che is, he's not doing stand up in front of an audience, but he's right. just talking, like he's talking to people off screen. So that's kind of his version of a little bit of doing some stand up, but and, it all comes together. And he's got these colors behind him, th- th- this like light gradient of color. It looks like the background of Bill Cosby himself, where it <laughs> rotates through all the, the colors. Sorry to invoke that name, but it's a cool effect. The, the color is different for each episode. So I wonder if there is a, a theme behind that, if there's an idea. Right. Easter egg of some type. Yeah. It's, it's a great show. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I'm um, having fun watching it. So for am sure. I. We've got some voicemails. Yes. So these are a little old and moldy. These are from <laughs> C2R Superfan Will, and we didn't, we haven't played them yet because he left some other voicemails that that sort of fell in line with what we were discussing uh-huh. at the time. Does that make sense? Yes. So he's really angry in these. He's really upset with us. Oh no! So my worry is that these will trigger him again. Um, but maybe it'll it'll lead to more content. Maybe he'll hear this. And get angry all over again and call in again because oh, okay. we love we love it when he calls in. I'm expecting some comment about Seinfeld, like pretty much demolishing Friends in that top 100 list. Yeah, like by 30 spots. Yeah, plus, maybe he'll call in but, and gloat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. He's a fan favorite. Everybody mm-hmm. loves him. Is there a big sexy guy in here? Without further ado. Oh no! I'm <sighs> scared. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Angie. So mad. C2R, super fan, Will here. I just got done listening to the Say the Last Dance episode, and I think I might have to change my name. Oh, no. My two. Don't do it. Don't do it. C2R, not a fan. Oh, ouch. Because I... I'm livid. <laughs> First of all, look, I was, I was very <laughs> honored that you would mention my submission for favorite pop culture paraphernalia. Which I forgot to share. My life size cut out of Michael Jackson. That. Sorry. But then you proceeded to Let's have it. disrespect I, okay. one of <laughs> music's Greatest legends, heroes, stars. Alan Jackson? First off, Angie says, who? <laughs> who? <laughs> who? I don't know. He sold 70 million albums. You didn't happen to come across one? No. No. <laughs> it's it's not hard. Top, one of the top 10 best-selling male vocalists across all genres. He's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And you say, Who? <laughs> I don't know anyone off, in the song. I threw my iced coffee when I heard that. I was drinking iced coffee, threw it in the river. Threw it in the river? That's not my fault. far to do that. That's but on you, bro. Then Jeff proceeds to call him, say he's a pop country? Singer? Pop country? I still don't know there's a reason if he is or not. Like, you're going you're gonna to lump him in <laughs> with, like, Dan and Shay? Who? Is that what you're going to do? Who the fuck is I don't Dan know who that Shay? is either. These references aren't helping. Now I'm getting mad. Neo-traditional. What? Okay? That's fucking Neo bullshit. Oh, is he Americana too? of the Neo-traditional <laughs> country movement. Okay? 
movement. Prior to him, it was like Olivia Newton-John. You, you have to understand, I never want to censor anyone who calls in, but the idea that there's a country music lesson unfolding on our <laughs> podcast makes me want to punch some drywall. It's a waste of time. We're not going to come around. Who the fuck is Dan and Shay? <laughs> I don't know who Dan and Shay is. All right. <clears throat> Dan? Cool. Cool stage name, Dan. <laughs> there's a reason I called Alan Jackson pop country, and we'll get to it. Okay. And then it was guys like Alan who brought the pedal steel back, brought in those fiddles, and took country back to its roots. So you can take that pop country <laughs> label and just... Stick it up your ass. Oh. For one. <laughs> <sighs> I did listen to the rest of the episode, though. Oh, thanks. Oh, nice. I don't know why. Apparently, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> and the next thing I know, you're talking about dancing. And listen, we've been, Jeff, you and I have been to at least three weddings together. It's going to cut them off. That I can count. <laughs> one of them being you. Uh. Did he call back? He did, but first, let's hit him with the sounder. <laughs> hey, what I say about farts? You know, the, originally we said you know three per episode. I, I know we've weaned off the farts, but this this warrants a fart <laughs> okay. because you're going to come on our sh- on our show and lecture us about country music. I can't think of anything I'd enjoy less. I still don't know who he is or what his music is, but I I do. If someone takes something back to its roots, like um, this pop country thing, yeah. and someone is like trying to make it more like I don't know, like Willie Nelson or Johnny Cash of getting back that way. Yeah. I think that's nice, and that's I appreciate nice. that's nice. that. I yeah. appreciate someone doing that, but I, I just I don't know who it is still. I, you know. So the, the reason I called it pop country was because my mom, when she was approaching middle age, had a like a country revival in her life. She never listened to country music before, and all of a sudden, it was all she wanted to listen to, like in her forties. And every time I'd get in the car with her, and she'd turn on the radio, which plays popular music. I swear to God, Chattahoochee was playing. What's Chattahoochee? That's Alan Jackson's biggest hit. Chattahoochee is going like that. Way down yonder on Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. Yeah. And there's there's grape snow cones. You know, I don't care if Alan Jackson saved a busload of children through the power of his honky-tonky good time music. I hope he gets crushed to death under a pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Super fan will. That's what I say. You don't come on our program and talk about country music. <laughs> God damn it. I'm playing the sounder again. I'm turning it up. Because <laughs> pop country, pop means popular. So and ne- if he's popular and on the radio, that's pop country, right? That's why I phrased it that way. I didn't mean to make Will mad. Um, <laughs> and also, neo-traditional is awful close to neoconservative. I don't, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with, that, with that moniker at all. Get that shit out of here. Anyway, um, th- I'm sorry. You poked the bear. and have, It's two bears poking each other. <laughs> have you listened to Zach Brown band yet, Jeff? Fuck no. God fucking damn it. Let's go to part two. Okay, I wasn't finished. 
So you start talking about dancing, and then, like I said, we've been to many, many weddings together. And you throw out some thinly veiled pot shot it was about big guys who just wave their arms around. Oh, it looks so easy. I did say that. You know what, Jeff? But Just say it to my face. Just say, see who you are. Not a fan will. Is six eight. That's not true. Six three. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, that's two fifty. So that's not true. Two eighty post pandemic. Just <laughs> <laughs> say, super fan will is a big guy and he waves his arms around like an idiot and he thinks he's a good dancer, but he's really not. <laughs> say it. You guys act like you speak the truth on this podcast. It's all lies. Well, it's all just nastiness and lies. In one episode, in one fell swoop, you insulted my hero. Oh my god, we didn't mean that to do that. And my physical dancing abilities. I've never seen which I hold near and dear to my heart, and I I'm gonna let you finish. Are a cornerstone. Of my personal confidence. Idiom. My idiom. (laughs) I gotta go. (laughs) Enjoy your rest of your day. Now. We made him mad. Yeah, I didn't mean to upset him to this degree. Uh, Trust me when I say those, those tall guy dancing comments weren't aimed at you. Jeff has played a hundred weddings in your lifetime, maybe more. Right. You, you find every wedding you go to, you see the people you expect to see. So, you know what the most upsetting thing I ever saw at a wedding was while we're talking about it, you know, women wear uncomfortable shoes. It's not uncommon for the ladies to kick their shoes off, dance around. I saw a man like a full grown no. Like CEO looking man in a suit. Uh, Take off his shoes and oh, socks. Oh, gross. <laughs> that is nasty. That is foul. <laughs> Will's a fine dancer. And uh, Will, we're sorry we hurt you. Send in the unused portion of, of Save the Last Dance for a full refund. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to make this right. I think we're ready <laughs> to move on. We're we're ready to talk about the movie. Yay. 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 I was having so much fun talking about the other stuff. I, who cares about the movie? Just kidding. We're doing from 1986, Flight of the Navigator. When you're just growing up, every day is a new discovery. But nothing David Freeman has ever experienced will prepare him for the adventure that lies ahead. Sit down. I think there's been some sort of mistake. Your brain contains data necessary to get me and my friends home. I'm just a kid. You are the navigator. Who that? Walt Disney Pictures presents a new adventure fantasy. What are you doing? Above and beyond the ordinary. Take me back. Okay. The Navigator. Do something! You're the Navigator, not me. 20,000 feet and falling. Come on, one of these has to start it. 
find is the key to an adventure on the most fantastic hot rod in the universe. A story of a spaceship. That flying saucer's first rate. Be cool, dudes. A friendship. I'm gonna miss you. I'm going to miss you, too. And an experience beyond imagination. Don't you want to take a turnpike? I'm the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. Disney's new adventure fantasy. Okay, first of all, hey, 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 okay, first of all, who was, who was that talking in the ship? I, I've seen this movie before, so I know it's supposed to be Paul Rubens. Uh, so who was that? <laughs> who even cares? This 1986 Disney adventure tells the story of 12-year-old David, played by Joey Kramer, who lives with his family in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. When he awakens from being accidentally knocked out in the forest near his home, he finds that eight years have passed. His family is overjoyed to have him back but just as perplexed as he is by the fact that he hasn't aged. What? When a NASA scientist, played by Howard Husband, <laughs> discovers a UFO nearby, David gets the chance to unravel the mystery and recover the life he lost. I should have proofread this. His family is overjoyed to have him back, but they are perplexed by the fact that he hasn't aged. Mm-hmm. Is something like what that should have said. <laughs> Thank you. Here, that's interesting. Of course, it's gibberish, but it's, it's interesting nonetheless. So it's 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 very much baby's first sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. With some Disney flavor. Yeah. But we'll find out that you know Disney was only tangentially involved. So uh, we got some fun facts. You want to hear them? Yeah. How is okay. it rated? What do people think? On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it an eighty-four percent. Oh wow! Not too shabby. Yeah. The audience gives it seventy-five percent. Cool. Not sure what accounts for that nine percent difference. I guess we'll find out. What other fun facts do we have? So, like I just said, Disney wasn't exactly involved from the beginning here. Uh, This was originally an independent film. Hmm. The main production company is the super fun and imaginatively named Producers Sales Organization, (laughs) which sounds like a blast. They put up two-thirds of the budget, uh, and the rest came from Viking Film, a Norwegian company. Uh, Walt Disney picked up all the rights for this film for North America, becoming the first distribution deal for the studio under the new management of Michael Eisner. And children of the 80s and 90s will remember seeing Michael Eisner on TV. Because mm-hmm. whenever there was a Disney special on TV, he would have like a little clip to talk to the audience and describe. Oh, I don't remember that. Like I think he, he might have showed up before Mr. Boogity, <laughs> which we've done on this program don't you love it (laughs) we do we do love it still to this day this was only the second film released under the disney banner to contain profanity whoa i didn't know that it is also the first involvement of paul rubens acting for disney which i'm sure didn't last after the incident you know what i'm talking about but that's okay that's okay everybody's got needs (laughs) a month after the film's release he continued to perform as peewee herman for the saturday morning children's program peewee's playhouse one of the greats. Uh, 1986 yeah. was a really great year. Super great. The best year. Yes. Of all time. It's the year that brought us Queen Beast. And Pee Wee's Playhouse. Wow. That's great. Uh, director Randall Kleiser brought in his brother Jeff. Jeff! As the visual effects supervisor who oversaw the use of reflection mapping software to create the ship's chromatic experience. What? I, I don't under, I didn't understand a one word you said. We do that again. 
Jeff oversaw the use of reflection mapping software to create the ship's chrome-like appearance. The result was one of the first successful examples of what would later be known as CGI, a full five years before the groundbreaking T-1000 of Terminator 2. Whoa. It's coming full circle. Uh Uh-huh. Cool. One of our favorite films. And I thought this was interesting. Cocoon came out uh, the previous summer, which also took place in Florida. Aliens come down and rejuvenate this these old folks uh-huh. in a home I've never seen it it's just weird to think that there was a hollywood trend of florida-based science fiction yeah based on how we think of florida now it's just <laughs> yeah it's hacky to make fun of make fun of florida florida knock it off it's hacky to make fun of florida now but and we're not going to do it but it's just funny to think of it as a science fiction mm-hmm. you know locale that's interesting. Do you have any questions for me? I do have questions for you. Do you remember the first time you saw it? So just today, I had this like bubbling up half remembrance. I might have seen this in the theater. I would have been four. It's Disney. It's spaceships. My brother Matt was super into Star Wars and all things space, I think, I mm-hmm. believe. Science fiction and fantasy. I might have seen this in the theater. I, I I swear I I can remember seeing this poster. The first movie I ever saw in the theater was Labyrinth, which we will do on the program. But I, I wonder if I saw this maybe at a second run theater. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember my parents renting it. I think it was something they knew we liked. Yeah. Pee-wee's voice, because I knew who Pee-wee was by the time we were renting this Mm -hmm. so that it was just, I thought it was just part of the Pee Wee universe. I didn't get it. I didn't understand why it was happening, Yeah, but I liked hearing Pee Wee's voice as the ship. That's a super fun little surprise that it's so part of this. And I know some of our listeners have remarked that it ruined. It kind of took them out of the movie. Oh, the fact, the fact that I'm sorry, spoiler at one point, Max, the the ship goes full on Pee Wee, um, <laughs> but I just loved it. I loved all things Pee Wee. Nice. I still loved him even after his his little incident in the news because it led to uh, Jim Carrey doing an impression of Pee Wee on In Living Color, <laughs> which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, those are my memories. So let's go watch it. Let's watch. Flight of the Navigator. David, what time did you enter the woods? It's Norwegian as hell. Around eight o'clock. Then you met your brother? Yeah. The jerk jumped out of a tree and scared me. He's lucky he's still alive. Jerk. Jeff is a jerk. Then what happened? Well, I chased him for a while. Okay. Then I reached this cliff. Jesus. It's transmitting in alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. What's going on? I don't know. I, n- I know I fell. The alpha waves are coming in at 12.78 cycles per second. He's communicating directly with the computer in binary code. How the hell is he doing that? One zero 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 one zero one zero 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 one zero 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 zero
What is that? <clears throat> is that coming from David? When did you go into the woods? How did you get to the woods? How did you get out of the woods? I don't remember. Who's that? Sit down, navigator. Are you the one that's been calling me? Affirmative. You have the information I require. Complete my mission. Rally of formation. Sit down. The Navigator. Whoa! Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Boy, we sure had fun watching Flight O oh, the Navigator. How do you want to kick us off? I've got a fun list. Okay. It's bulleted even. Wow. Of things I want to talk about. Why, don't be afraid. <laughs> we do this every time. I have a fun list that we're going to go through, and it's going to be fine. I mean, right off the bat, the music in the intro is a full-on vibe. <laughs> you know how they say things are a, a luke? Yes. This music Luke-y. is a vibe. <laughs> um, Alan Silvestri. That's important. Yeah. Alan, Silvestri? Silvestri. Alan Silvestri, who did Back to the Future the previous year. Um, that that sort of made him a household name as a, uh-huh. as a composer, I believe. But he really made it, he, he his career started on synthesizers, mm-hmm. on digital instruments. And he scored this movie using the very popular Synclavier digital synthesis. Oh, the Synclavier. I know. That's what it sounded like. The Synclavier digital synthesizer. And I don't know what you're talking about. Music workstation. <laughs> and if I owned a hipster burger joint or dive bar or like a, a microbrewery, mm-hmm. I would find a way to Photoshop the credits out and just play the dogs catching frisbees to the synth music <laughs> on repeat, just in the background. And everyone would love it, and we would be the best brewery that ever was. It could be called The Navigator. Hey, guys, let's go have a beer at The Navigator. Sounds kind of cool. Cool, yeah. No, yeah. That's... (laughs) We'll t- yeah, totally. <laughs> it stinks. But I could see a place like Mars Brewing doing something like that. I love me some old synths, and this movie's full of them. You know, it's it's the way we're going to talk about it. But like Stranger Things mm-hmm. brought synths back, mm-hmm. and suddenly everyone was on eBay looking for Moog synthesizers, mm-hmm. trying to recreate the sound. Blah blah blah. It's not music. There's no melody. It's just tones. Just dark, ominous tones. Let's meet our characters. Real problem. I don't know what I want out of life anymore. So we find Jeez. out right away that David is 
in touch with his feelings and emotions and wants more out of life. He's, what, what is he, eight, 10? 12. He's 12 and he's having an existential crisis. <laughs> That's not a great way to approach. Uh, if he's that moody now as a preteen, watch out. So you, you do have a crush on Jennifer Brett. Really? I barely even know her. You ever try talking to her? How do you supposed to talk to her? It's impossible. Well, you just have to try to strike up a conversation. Hi, how you doing? That's a nice bike. Hi! <laughs> if you're gonna learn to swim, you just gotta jump in the water. I guess. <laughs> Good advice, Dad. Thanks, Dad. That that checks out. That seems like stock dad advice. Sure. Yeah. I know how to talk to women. I impregnated your mother, didn't I? <laughs> Strike up a conversation. I found a way in. Yeah. So there's there's David and his dad. We get to see two versions of Jeff. The younger Jeff. How about retarded? Whoa, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Disney. Jeff. Cut it out. <laughs> uh, and then uh, older Jeff. You look just like I remember you. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. That is totally rad. You're not my brother. Listen, I'm sorry for for scaring you like that, jumping out of the tree. I felt rotten about it. Anybody could know that. Hey, you think it's easy for me to believe that you're David? I mean, you should be like 20 years old now. So yeah, starts out in 1978. Zooms ahead to 1986. Either way, frosted block glass is in vogue <laughs> in either year. Yeah. Both houses have have that frosted have those frosted uh, glass blocks, which yeah. I, I kind of like. It's kind of <laughs> retro. Um, so Joey Kramer is the actor who plays David. David. He's had a rough go. Yeah. Um, oh my! Yes. So yeah, the the director and producer of a of a documentary called Life After the Navigator reached out to us on social media to tell us about the documentary, and we downloaded Tubi. Tubi, because for some reason it's only streaming on Tubi, but it was worth it. This it was great. It's produced by a small production company called Life After Movies. Uh, they've done a documentary about Flash Gordon. <laughs> And they're currently working on one about the never-ending story. But I thought it was great. It um, yeah. it strikes this balance between a fan-made... You can feel the fan love. Mm-hmm. And it strikes this balance between a fan-made film and a real big-budget production. They talk to everyone in the movie besides Paul Rubens and... Uh, like Sarah Jessica Parker? Sarah, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> There's only two people they don't talk to. Right, but they talk to everyone else. And it's it's very well done. You get to see how I won't, you know, we're not going to go too deep into it, but it's very good. It's worth downloading another streaming service that's free on Tubi. Check it out. Joey's had some some issues. It kind of touches on, I think we've all heard about how tough it is for kids, for kid actors who I think have a really big break when they're really young. Yes. And just the the difficulties they deal with because I think Joey tried to go back to school 
after yep. being in a Disney film, mm-hmm. a popular one, and then it just it was really tough and it kind of, you know, who know, it sounded like things were were tricky even before. Right. Um before getting into acting and then unfortunately things went real downhill but this documentary is really cool because it it comes out they they're talking to him when he is uh spoiler alert out of jail yeah. out of rehab but like doing really well doing and great. it's very exciting so mm-hmm. he looks um, great he looks great he's a handsome dude yeah. he's doing well it, it's good to see him get back on his feet because you fall in love with him in this movie like he's a great child actor yeah I he really, really like um he's very lovable very lovable kid yes. actor and yep. Going back to how things were a little off, I think before he was a kid actor, which doesn't help his situation, but his dad, they they were showing some old pictures of his dad that's not in his life that much when he was a kid, so yes. that was an issue, and the first thing I thought was like, wow, that dad is really attractive, like yes. 70s dad. Yep. He looked so good. Oh my gosh. Do you look at yourself? But then you just get this feeling of it's like the attractiveness of a cult leader. Yes. The 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 father, the father, <laughs> the father had charismatic cult leader vibes. Oh, it's so sure. creepy, but yeah, so. And, you know, the the mother seems like a lovely woman, but it's it's the danger of having hippie parents. Yeah, it's, hippie parents getting into acting as a young kid yeah. did not uh pan out that well it, it seems to me when you have hippie parents there are two possible outcomes you either end up overly conservative to compensate <laughs> for the loosey-goosey yeah. childhood or you you end up mimicking the druggy behavior yeah and go on the that's kind of what a similar happened. path and that's kind of what happened to poor joey where'd you learn that cheech drug school but he's doing good now yeah. And fun fact, he was an extra in the never ending story. That's so good. <laughs> which, as I said, is also getting the documentary treatment from Life After Movies. That's the production company. So shout out to Lisa Down for uh, informing us about this movie. It was really fun to watch yeah. after watching the movie. So yes. It was a nice little package deal. All right. Let's go back to talking about the movie. Knock it off. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's in this. Yeah. Which is super cool. Very young, fun. super young SJP. How old? I wonder how old she is. I think she had done Girls Just Want to Have Fun before okay. this, but I would say eight, 18-ish, yeah. like a teenager still. Yeah. Um, But she plays the kind of like a nurse or an assistant that mm-hmm. works at this lab that Davey has to stay at and get, get like tested after they realize okay he didn't yeah. age for eight years what's going on right i went to a concert with some friends last night really mm. my mom took me to see the Bee Gees a couple months ago <laughs> who'd you see months ago twisted sister never heard of her <laughs> it's a him oh actually it's a them that's awesome <laughs> hey forward thinking with the pronouns um I don't remember having a crush on SJP, so I must have been too young to care about girls. Yeah, I mean, because 86, so you were four or five. Right, if I saw this in the theater. Five, six, when you saw this. Maybe your brother did. <laughs> he may have. But yeah, she's super cute and fun. I thought movie. that, 
I was waiting for the like the romantic comedy drama movie in me was thinking, okay, th- it's going to end where they're going to flash forward to like Davy being his actual age, like 20, oh. and that they were going to like it was going to be some little like thing between them. Cause you can kind of tell she's super nice and cool and he's a 12 year old. So he, you know, he's probably, he'd mm-hmm. develop a little crush on her. Like she befriends him in this weird place. So I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't, she does, it wasn't a thing. She does flirt with him mm-hmm. quite a bit. Is there anything else you want when I come back? How about a big Mac, large fries and a Coke? <sighs> They're still around. I hope. Well, now that all depends. Do you want new Coke, classic Coke, cherry Coke, diet Coke, or caffeine-free Coke? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> new Coke was Pepsi. Let's let's be honest. It was just sweeter Coke. It was disgusting. That's a good story, Grandpa. You kind of get to the situation like um, Captain America. You know, he's under the ice for seventy years, <laughs> yeah, and everything's yeah, yeah. changed. I mean, oh this is only God. eight years, but still, you know, he's the music's different. His yep. brother's older than him now, so like hoping that McDonald's is still going to be there. And you know what? It, it always will be. Exactly. Yeah. It's comforting. And we learned in the documentary that scene where they show her dyed hair yeah. was like incredibly difficult to light and took a million takes. Like, <laughs> there was so much. Such a little moment too, yeah. like where she just has this little, it looks like it's just a clip-in piece of hair that's purple. and Yeah. Such behind the scenes artistry to get you to see that purple hair. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, there's a super cool robot, too, in the movie. Part of me coming through. <laughs> Hi there. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> Hi, Carolyn. Yeah. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. But let's go back to, like, why he's in this yeah. lab, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of where, yeah. this is where he meets Carolyn, but... He jumps ahead eight years, but really it's just like five minutes to him. Everything is different. Everyone's older. Right. He goes back to his house and his family doesn't live there anymore. It's some other family. So how do, remind me, how do they get from, how do they make the connection of getting him into this lab to be like tested? It's where... So I I think it's because NASA is based in Florida. Yes. So it's just, does the dad work for NASA? Shit. No. No. I think it's just. like that. I think they know. Don't they come to him? Yeah, well, because he ends up at the police station, like, what is going on? That's so right. the family right. gets involved, so then it just becomes a whole thing, and NASA's like, oh, we need, we need to research this immediately. Officer OJ probably contacts. Yeah. He looks like OJ Simpson, the actor. <laughs> um, he's. He looks, he's half, he's part Harry Belafonte, part OJ. What are you suggesting, my dear man? Take that for what it's worth. So yeah, he probably contacts NASA yeah. and goes from there. Got it. I do love movies and shows that have to do with NASA. It's always super fun. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, I never, you know, I know kids kind of grow up want to be an astronaut. I mean, that was never me. But watching movies and shows now when NASA's involved, it's. It's super cool. It's just this thing that's especially especially now with all the UFO disclosure stuff happening. <laughs> like, regardless if you believe it or not, it it's cool to see like Navy pilots coming forward with these stories, like military officials, like not crackpots. It's not Billy Bob 
from the trailer park. It's a <laughs> Navy pilot saying, hey, I saw some shit. That's really cool to me. Game over, man. It's game over. Do you remember the part in Life After the Navigator when at the very end when they meet up with the director and yeah. some of the old characters and he's got uh, Joey Kerman's tennis shoes or like some cool like high top Nikes or something and they mm-hmm. have a NASA logo on them. Oh, yeah. That's that cool. Yeah. yeah the, the NASA branding yeah. is champion for sure. What? The truth about where David's been for the last eight years. Where David's been. I can't remember what all this unusual brain activity means. And most of all, why he hasn't aged. David, I can offer you the truth. All I need is 48 hours, just two days at the base with me and my staff alone. No confusion, no distraction. And then, David, you can go home and put all this behind you. Honestly, David. If we can just go on a Howard Hessman tangent for one moment. Um, I have very fond memories of this actor. Because mm-hmm. he was he was the teacher and head of the class. Which, it was the first sitcom I can ever remember watching and recognizing as a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was hilarious. And... He was just this really strong, like, father figure on TV, Howard Hessman, who played the doctor. Oh, my God, who cares? So, how's the testing going? Terrible. But at least I get to go home tomorrow. They told you that you're going home tomorrow? That's right. Why? Nothing. Carolyn... It's just, I've seen the mail sheet for the coming week, and they've got you on it. Until when? All week. Until when? They do give him some awesome 80s toys to tide him over. He gets so many cool toys. What are they? There's a bunch, well, I don't remember exactly, but there's some, there's some G.I. Joe vehicles mm. that I remember coveting quite a bit as a kid. Yeah. Probably some Legos. Um, one note I have about this whole time period that he is in the lab situation. So I'm watching all of these classic 80s kids movies, space, Mm sci-fi, backwards. Obviously, I'm watching them today when they were made 30 years ago. So all I could think about was how this reminded me of what they do is Stranger Things and when Will Byers yep. has to go to the lab and stay and get tested and poked and prodded mm-hmm. and all these scientists are monitoring what he's doing. They're trying to figure out why yep. he's going to the upside down. Um, and I know that, that shows like that are heavily influenced by other things, but I didn't know what those other things were until you know we watched Aliens yep. and Terminator and now this. And I can see a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, just influence from that. So absolutely, I hope that doesn't make '80s kids cringe too much. But I just I didn't watch this stuff. No, I so. mean that's why th- those are the Easter eggs that we '80s kids look for. Yeah, and I I didn't put that one together in Stranger Things, but there is definitely some references. Mm-hmm. Just the the studying. Yeah. The plunging into the unknown. It's just it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I I love that trope. Well spoken, sir. Is it me or is the spaceship very unceremoniously debuted in the film? It just, I seem to remember it just sort of pops up. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe that was done on purpose. Like, bam, here's something out of your wildest imagination. But it just kind of, boop, <laughs> there's the ship. It's not, it's not a very grand unveiling. Yeah, I could see that. It's a little more simple. Yeah. When the stairs come down, that animation, it reminded me of the large Marge stop motion <laughs> animation from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I like that stop motion style. <laughs> Obviously, the the ship is voiced. Max is the name uh-huh. of the onboard computer. By the way, the set is ridiculous. It's like 100% polished chrome. It's I would love to be able to visit that set. That's incredible. I feel like spaceship sets are always a little darker and grungier or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this one being like super shiny. Yes. Is it it just sticks out as being different and yeah. so that was fun to see. And again, whether you believe it or not, as more UFO disclosure stuff comes out, so much of what I've heard, and this is kind of a chicken and egg situation, so much of what I've heard kind of sounds like how this ship operates. Like it's liquid metal, it changes shape. (laughs) So did somebody see this movie and (laughs) (laughs) think that that's what they saw? Uh, Max, of course, is voiced by Paul Rubens. Pee-wee's Playhouse had not come out yet. He's billed in the credits as Paul Mall. And I don't understand if that's like a kitschy little joke, like Paul Mall cigarettes. I don't understand why he did that. But um, how did you feel when Max goes full on peewee near the end of the movie? <laughs> how did you feel? Was it Was it fun? Did it take you out of it? A little bit of both. It was fun because... It's no secret that I love Pee-wee, but it it was too Pee-wee for me. Yeah. I I liked his robot-y type of voice throughout the movie and, and for it to kind of change. Like I understand that he was kind of like going through whatever yeah. and it changed and it was a little bit more goofy, but I can right. see how it doesn't quite fit. The movie. That's fair. It, so a little bit of both. Why does downloading a child's thoughts make him yeah. Pee-wee? I mean, Pee-wee is the ultimate man-child, but it's a, it's a little strange. Yeah. That's it? That's it, Davy. Davy. If you want to learn to swim, you've got to jump in the water. <laughs> Don't forget to feed bruises. Two obvious patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Whoa! <laughs> this can't be happening. <laughs> I think I've gotten some stuff out of your head that has nothing to do with navigating this ship. You sound just like a human. No! That dumb dog will never learn to catch a frisbee. <laughs> you are an inferior species, you dumb door. Butt face. Ghost bucket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, if you're so perfect, what are you still doing here? I told you, I blew a fuse when I totaled out that electrical tower. I was checking out some daisies. You crashed while looking at flowers? <laughs> Sounds like you're the inferior species. I'll show you who's inferior. Heads up! <laughs> I remember my parents thinking that trading insults was really funny. I think my dad thought Scuzz Bucket was funny. Scuzz Bucket is pretty funny. Don't you love it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I don't mm. quite get... I understand the topics he's talking about or like taking things from from Davy's like a kid's brain but the the way that Pee-wee moves his voice up and down I mean it's not kiddish to me it's just a funny character it's just thing. eccentric yeah so it doesn't I get how it could take you out of it mm-hmm. um it, it doesn't quite 
lineup for me, but you can't help but laugh at that. But you know because you're thinking of Pee Wee. So, yep, you know. exactly. It it is an odd choice. Mm-hmm. I ultimately like it. I, I laughed out loud for the for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Geek. Look, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. Rice O'Roni, the San Francisco dream. Ah, so get to close those cables. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> So weird. <laughs> no, that's not music. Try another station. Oh, okay. Ah, change it quick. Hold it. Now this is music. I'm getting bugged driving down the same old street. Yeah. You gotta move. My tank, 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 tank. So they're just having some fun adventures as he's taking this flight, trying to get back home, really, right? He's just yeah trying to take the ship back home. Mm-hmm. I'm still impressed by the creature effects when David sees all the alien life forms yeah. and that one eats his hat. Um, I wish the giant eyeball didn't have to say, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> yeah. so that's a strange that's choice as well, but I, th- I thought that was so cool. The eyeball in the jar. Yeah. Still holds up. You've got that. That seems like a real Disney touch. That little creature that he befriends. Mm-hmm. The the puppet. Same puppeteers, by the way, as Short Circuit. Mm. Another uh, movie about robots with fun voices. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Take that. What is going on with you two? Going back to the documentary, Life After the Navigator. They talk very briefly to the guy who wrote the original story, Mark H. Baker, and I couldn't find much about him on the internet, but he says that in his original draft, the ship is somehow constructed from David's dreams. Ew, David. In this, it sounds very almost psychedelic. Yeah. Or like in, in the way that some anime is super dreamlike in that way. Not that I'm a huge anime fan, but I'd like to see that version. Yeah. If they remake this. I was thinking about remakes. I think it feels like everything's getting remade today. Sometimes you hear about things and roll your eyes. Like Peacock has a remake of Saved by the Bell that looks absolutely terrible. It looks like dog shit for but sure. But there's certain things where I think it'd be super cool to remake. I think this movie, I think it's a fun story. I think it's a little bit glossed over and made a lot more simple like when David wants to do whatever to go back in time so he doesn't have this eight-year gap anymore David, it's supposed to be dangerous but you, you don't exactly know why and there's just like okay let's do it and you hear like some beeps or something and then boop, 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 boop. yeah and then he's back in the woods and it just works yeah so things you know it's just it's Again, I mean, it probably makes sense for a little kid. It's just more simple. But if you were to make a version that was either going a little bit more with this original story or just kind of adding a little bit more suspense to what's going on. Agreed. It would be a really cool thing to remake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The time travel aspect was totally lost on me as a kid. Yeah. And it, it was just watching 
this ship that sounds like Pee Wee. Yeah. Have a great time. Right. So I agree. Raise the stakes a little. Yeah. A little bit more suspense. Have some bad actors. Not yep. not, you know, not people who act poorly, but have some <laughs> villains. Yeah. And um, you know, you could borrow from Stranger Things for sure to right. create that tension. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, and I could see that dream-like version where the ship is constructed from his dreams and his memories, directed by somebody like Ang Lee, somebody who's good at capturing dreamlike mm. happenings. I don't know. That's just just a great idea off the dome. You know, no big deal. <laughs> You're welcome. It was cool to see. Ver- I didn't put this together when we watched it, but but uh, Veronica Cartwright plays the mother. She's basically sci-fi royalty. I mean, she's in this film. And she's in the Ridley Scott Alien from 1979. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't I put that together. Cool. How So the movie ends with Davy getting back to, you know, going back in time. Yeah. Kind of back to being a 12-year-old and having a younger brother, Jeff. And it's it's all okay. Yeah. And you're right that it is glossed over a little bit. Happens very quickly. but It, it does. And the remake should expand on that, as you said. Let's check out the final scene here. Hi there. Oh, where have you been, young man? Come on. I love you. I thank you, sweetheart. What brought that on? Get home. First, we'll hit California. Then we'll go. Yeah, Mr. Know-it-all, who got a D in geography? How'd you know that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that. We will end on that. So, okay, we've come to it. A very um, a foggy memory, but but a movie that was important to me in childhood. Queen Bees. Yes. Was Flight of the Navigator cool or cruel to rewind? I'm going to say I really enjoy I really did enjoy watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I think to my point about how there was some room to make it even more cool. But I am going to say it's cool to rewind. Yay. Honey, I'm so happy. Yay. I could see myself maybe not sitting down to watch the entire movie, mm-hmm. but definitely pieces of it or... When you want a dose of peewee. <laughs> yeah, that's that you don't get to normally it's, see. But. It's such a strange part of pop culture because peewee makes an appearance and that makes it irresistible to me. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll watch this again. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely watch it again. I think it'd be fun to watch with the nephews at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it's definitely I it. There's just so much. I think I'm seeing there's so much potential with there this is. movie. Yeah, I think it could be way cooler. Um, I agree. And it's just too bad that like you'd want you'd want little twelve year old Joey Kramer to be in a remake with just yeah a little bit more oomph to it. Like I mm-hmm. think there's so much more potential. Um. So I don't know if they can find a kid that is equally as lovable and endearing as him. I'm on board. But. Lovably Canadian Joey Kramer. <laughs> He's one in a million. 
He's doing great. Thank God for that. What memories do you have of this movie? Have you seen it lately? Yeah. Did it age well to you? Let us know. Send us an email at cruel2rewind at gmail.com or give us a call at 929-456-0304 today. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're not as fired up as C2R former fan Will. But um, if you are, leave us a message. Go ahead. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cruel to rewind Visit our website, cruel2rewind.com, and check out the merch. Get that merch. Because... It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. All right. It's my turn next week. My, my, my turn. My, 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 my turn. My, 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 my turn. And I think we're, we're, we're staying really on brand with our movies this, this month. We saw a spaceship sci-fi movie from you. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to see a funny lady fish out of water situation from me. Your we're, favorite. Yep. We're going to watch the 1992 classic starring Whoopi Goldberg. My favorite. Sister Act. This is going to be fun. Yeah. This this was in the rotation with Big Business and 9 to 5. Yep. So you can get an idea of what's coming to yep. you. It is in your wheelhouse yeah. firmly. Um <laughs> And I'm excited. Whoopi Goldberg was star. <laughs> no, she's she's a superstar. So I'm excited to bring her on to the show. Mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be at least two other movies with her, so she might become a Hall of Famer. We'll she see. she just may go in the Hall of yeah. Fame. I can see that happening. Okay, folks. Hope you had a great Mother's Day. Hope you're staying healthy and safe and sane and taking your vitamins and doing your Pilates <laughs> 14 times a day. You got to make time. You got to take micro breaks. You got to get up from your desk. You got to do squats and just try to live the best life you can. So thanks so much for listening. We love you. Stay cruel out there. And happy rewinding. Ooh. Yeah. 80s. 80s and two stops and 80s. Try the try the lingonberry wild ale with mango. But, but, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Welcome to our microbrewery. Bucket, bucket. Uh, uh. Oh, get out of here. It's a kid's movie. It's fun. It's, it's fun. We love you. Bye.